Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's Maria Olczak from Florence School of Regulation. Uh, I have a pleasure to talk today with Anne-Sophie Courbeau, Head of Gas Analysis at, uh, at BP. So, bonjour, Anne-Sophie. Bonjour. <laughs> uh, so, we are both in Florence uh, because uh, yesterday the 11th edition of the FSR flagship gas training started, the specialized training of the, on the regulation of gas markets, uh, and Anne-Sophie happens to be one of the lecturers. Um, so uh, thank you for being with us today, and um, let me jump to the first question. Uh, so BP is well known uh, for the um, energy outlook it produces every year, uh, and uh, if you could uh, present the key takeaways from this year's edition of uh, BP's uh, energy outlook. Yes, so BP's Energy Outlook 2019 was published on the 14th of February, so a few weeks ago. And uh, for us, I mean, the important thing is really to look at the energy transition from different perspectives and for different scenarios. So uh, we don't have a base case or there is no scenario that we think is more likely to happen. All of them are actually quite, uh, or have a very low probability to happen. Uh, what is important among all our scenarios is that energy demand increases in all of them, but also the amount and the share of renewable is increasing very fast. Uh, for example, in the evolving transition scenario, uh, renewable energies account for about half of the additional demand increase over uh, 2017-2014. Uh, another important takeaway is that natural gas is increasing not only in terms of quantities but also in terms of, of shares. However, when we are looking at all our scenarios, there is uh, only one of them, the rapid transition scenario, which is consistent with meeting the Paris Agreement. And this scenario is in fact consisting of different uh, scenarios which are building up all the efforts that have to be done in the different sectors, so industry, building, transport, power generation. And it's quite stringent in terms of all the things which have to be done in terms of reducing carbon emissions. And the end result is that we need to have a very high share of renewable, also higher share of nuclear. We still have a lot of, um, of natural gas uh, in that scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. And um, one, uh, one of the points that were criticized uh, was the assumption that the global energy demand and dem demand for fossil fuel will rise in the future uh, in the 2040 per perspective. Uh, because we, if we look at uh, what the competitors do, so uh, according to McKinsey Global Energy Perspective, we, uh, uh, they expect that energy demand uh, will plateau around 2030. So how BP can um, justify those assumptions about the increasing demand? Uh, I can't compare exactly with McKinsey because I don't know all the assumptions behind. But first of all, it would be interesting to compare assumptions in terms of GDP and population. And also, there might be some small differences. For example, if they take into account non-traded biomass or how they are taking into account the renewable energy. So what we find out, and we have compared our scenarios with a lot of other uh, institutions, companies, etc., is that in terms of energy demand, we are not that different by 2040 from uh, the, the other people. There are some differences in terms of oil, in terms of natural gas, in terms of renewable, but we are not an outlier. Um, I think your question was also in terms of um, the share of oil and gas in all our scenarios by 2040. Indeed, I mean, they, they don't disappear. 
uh, even in uh, the rapid transition scenario, which is uh, the scenario which is consistent with meeting the Paris Agreement, we still have about 80 million barrels per day of oil consumption by 2040. And it's very important to remember that oil consumption, for example, it's not only about transport. Transport is uh, currently about uh, 56 million barrels per day. But even if you have a lot of EVs, so last year we had uh, an ice by 2040, and that meant uh, that by 2040 you were only having EVs being sold, and that only, you know, bracket can reduce oil demand by 9 million barrels per day. So it takes a lot to reduce um, oil demand to uh, something which would be much lower. Mm-hmm. And people who are saying, you know, companies should stop investing, should remember that according to the IEA, if we stop investing now, uh, the oil production would drop by about 4.5% per year. That means that by 2040, you have an oil production of 35 million barrels per day. So that's quite low. And it's not consistent with all the sectors which need additional oil demand. Also, we are not talking about the petrochemical where we foresee in the evolving transition scenario that um, uh, oil consumption is going to increase by 7 million barrels per day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so um, the, uh, my second question will focus on LNG. And so the BB outlook uh, forecasts strong growth in LNG, uh, and LNG is expected even to overtake the pipeline shipments uh, in the late 2020s. What could be the key factors facilitating the increase in LNG trade? And on the other hand, the potential obstacles uh, to the growth in LNG. I think both on the demand and supply side, I mean, uh, the infrastructure is a key point, so we need additional investment in terms of LNG liquefaction, but also on the demand side, I mean, uh, we need investment in terms of receiving terminals, and we can see how the rapid expansion of LNG infrastructure, notably in terms of uh, floating storage and regasification terminal, has allowed a lot of countries to become LNG importers. So, but it's important that at the same time, uh, the production is keeping up. Uh, we have seen not very, mu- not not quite a lot of FIDs over the past uh, years, but now it's it's starting to change. I mean, we had uh, three FIDs last year, and we had one at the beginning of the year, so it's starting to change. Uh, in terms of obstacles, well, obviously, I mean, uh, lack of FID would be one, and uh, also, I mean, in uh, one of our scenarios in the energy outlook, uh, we have a scenario which is uh, less globalization, so which is basically featuring a lot of trade tensions between basically all kind of uh, players. One of uh, the consequences of that scenario is that oil and gas trade is decreasing, so that would affect in particular uh, big oil and gas exporters such as Russia and the United States and on the other side that will also reduce oil and gas imports from large consumers including for example China and India so that would have an impact definitely on LNG trade among others Mm -hmm. and the potential trade war between China and US this is not something that I mean I can particularly comment upon but I mean you know um, it would be for example part of uh, the less globalization scenario 
Okay, okay, thank you. Uh, and the last question, um, so let's focus on Europe then. Uh, so um, this, the forecast uh, project decline in the EU uh, energy demand, uh, that will definitely have impact on the future gas demand in Europe. Uh, so what uh, do you think will be the role of gas in the uh, EU energy mix in the 2040 perspective? Will it change dramatically from what is it, is it now? Well, in fact, we looked at that with our different scenarios. And uh, in the evolving transition scenario, you're right. I mean, the European Union energy demand is decreasing. But we have a relatively modest decline of natural gas demand. Why? Because at the same time, I mean, we have a decrease in coal-fired generation. And we have also a lot of nuclear power plants which are being decommissioned. Uh, in the rapid transition scenario, which is really featuring a lot of energy efficiencies, improvements, uh, some carbon capture and storage as well, um, and a lot of decommission, or even more decommission, actually, of coal-fired generation, uh, we have natural gas demand decreasing by about a third between now and 2017. So, I mean, there is still natural gas being consumed in, uh, in Europe, but of course much less than uh, what we have today. Okay, uh, so thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for the invitation. Always a pleasure.